Good morning, church. It is a wonderful thing for us to be gathered today to remember Christ Jesus, just as we have done in communion. Uh, he has done so much for us, and may we in our lives do all that we can for him. Today's lesson is entitled, Striving to Be Like Jesus. This takes me back to the very, I believe, oh, it, actually it was the second sermon series I gave after coming to Garrett Street. To be like Jesus, to be LJ, we had shirts made, and this is what we um, knew long ago. This is when we, when we come to Christ in baptism, we know that God begins a good work in us. He changes us. He forgives us of our sins, gives us his spirit, and we are to go and shine the light of Christ. We want to be like Jesus, don't we? I realized then as we uh, went through and made this four-point lesson, the kind of the, uh, the beginning of the outline says the essence of Christianity that that those words came after filling out the outline because I was like, well, these four things that we have here really is one way that you could describe the essence of Christianity. What is the essence of faith? What is it that we really believe? What is it that God wants us to do and be? And I think this lesson kind of hits at really what this life is all about. On the outline, we have four points. They're very basic and very important. So first of all, when I think about Christianity, when I think about Christ and what he wants to do in us and for us, uh, first of all, it all starts with an individual, a soul, who is seeking its creator. You know, so this might be any person anywhere in the world, whether they have read the word of God or not, I think there is something within us that seeks after God. Look at Isaiah chapter 26. I don't have any except this one. This is my only passage from the Old Testament today. So uh, the first Old Testament prophet... Um, in the order of the book, I should say. There were other prophets before him, certainly. But um, in Isaiah, chapter 26, verse number 9, it says here, At night my soul longs for you. Indeed, my spirit within me seeks you diligently. For when the earth experiences your judgments, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. And I think this, um, this is God's, I think in verse number one, you can see this is kind of a, a, a words that are ascribed to God's people, that they would say, that they, their soul longs for God. Our spirit within seeks diligently, they would say that. Um, and I think this would describe, though, I want to broaden it to, I, I really think anyone who is in the world, there is something within us that longs to know God, that is aware of God and longs to know the truth of where we came from, uh, who we are, and that's only known when you come to know the one who created us. In Romans chapter 1, this is the passage that I go to to confirm what I've just posed to you, um, that people do seek after God. 
Uh, there is something within them that longs for God, that wants to know the Creator. In Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. So now this is pointing to people... And it's saying that just people in general, especially those who are rebellious against God, those who reject God, the reason they're rejecting God is because there is something that has been stirred within them to look and to know that there is a creator, and they actually have decided to suppress that truth. And so instead of seeking after God, they have turned away from God. God is making himself known to them through all of creation. People can look. And they say, man, this stuff came from somewhere. This stuff is designed. This tree is built really good. My, op my eye operates really well. You know, my body, the way it functions, the way it works together, and this whole world, the way it functions in balance, and there must be a creator. Somebody had to have made it all. There's no other way to explain it. So then instead of then seeking after that creator, wanting to know the creator, to be able then to answer to that creator, some people turn away. But there are those who actually listen to the call of God and seek to know the creator. So... This is the first piece that's necessary for anyone to become like Jesus. They just have to long first for God. This kind of this vague notion that there is a creator, a being that made everything. That's very vague and very broad. There are a lot of religions probably that believe that, that there is a being, a presence, some kind of essence somewhere that made everything. That's very just big kind of picture of what God is. But then, once that person seeks to know the Creator, they have the opportunity to find the truth. So this takes us to point number two. All who then see Jesus, all who see Jesus, all who truly come to know Him, all who come to understand the One who died on the cross for us, people who are seeking after after God in this vague idea of, well, who is God? And then they see Jesus and come to find out how much Jesus loves them, how much the Father loves them, to God send this Son, one and only begotten Son, to be the, the one who takes the punishment for our sins. Once people come to know Jesus, when people see Jesus, they will want to follow Him. And notice how I point, point this out. I think all who truly see Jesus will want to follow him. 
They will see Jesus and say, Wow, I've had something stirring within me saying that there is something bigger and better and beyond. Something that somebody created me and he is good and he is orderly and he is beautiful. And Jesus is the very image of him. Jesus represents who God is and I want to follow him. They will see him, they will want to follow him, and they will say as I follow him, I want to be like him. This idea of striving to be like Jesus, it's, it's very natural. We want to be good. We want to be perfect, don't we? We want to be able to stand before God and say, All right, here I am, God. You know, we want that goodness in our lives. We want to be beautiful people. We want to be righteous. We love people who shine the light of Christ in their lives. We long for this kind of righteousness. So we're going to talk about that that longing and that striving more. But first, let's look at Mark chapter 5. As you go to Mark chapter 5, we'll look at verses 18 through 20. Um, In this passage, beginning of chapter 5, there's this terrible, awful guy who is who can bust change, he scares people, cuts himself, he lives among the tombs. People don't mess with him. They tried to control this guy, but they don't mess with him. He's demon-possessed, super strong. And this guy, who is demon-possessed, comes out screaming at Jesus, you know, and Jesus tells, you know, spirit, tells the spirit come out of him. The spirit even resists Jesus, doesn't listen. Um, Jesus ends up saying, what's your name? That's in verse 9. He said, legion, for we are many. Legion. A legion of soldiers is 6,000 people. Well, that legion, Jesus ends up driving out that demon and sending them into 2,000 pigs, run run down the steep bank and drown in the water. So this guy was possessed by perhaps thousands of demons. He was bad news. And Jesus healed him. The one who loves him more than anybody else, right? Jesus loved this guy more than anybody. It's true for you too. Jesus loves you more than your mom or your dad. Uh, it, it, Jesus loves you more. Jesus loves you more than anybody else. So Jesus, once he finds Jesus, the one who loves him and who has saved him, cleansed him from his life, this terrible life where he, where he was just bound and shackled, he was a slave to evil, we get to the point in verses 18 through 20. This is talking about Jesus. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was imploring him, that he might accompany him. I want to go with you. Does that surprise you? The guy who saved you, the guy who set you free from a terrible life, I want to follow you. Verse number 19, and he did not let him. But he said to him, go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis what great 
things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. We all should be like that when we truly know the one who has set us free. The one who has saved us from certain death. The one who now instead of when we go to sleep at night, we wonder what's in store for us for all eternity. Is there a God? When I die, what's going to happen to me? Is there a hell? Am I going to be punished forever? And we, we are, Jesus comes along and he saves us and now we can lay down and sleep and say a prayer of thanks to God and go to rest, and he'll wake us in the mor- again in the morning because he protects us. You know, that kind of comfort and rest and sleep we can now have. When Jesus gives us this kind of life, we long to follow after him. Don't you want rest? Don't you want peace? Don't you want to be set free from demons? It is, that's the life in Christ. He is a beautiful and wonderful Savior. And we should all, when we all truly come to know Him, and we're reminded of what He did for us, every Sunday when we gather around the Lord's table, He died for us. Remember how much He loves you. He died for you. We should want to follow Him. All who truly know Jesus, all who see Jesus in His beauty and His glory, will want to follow Him and be like him. Not only do we see him want to be with him, but we want to be like him. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Flip back to Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Here are the passages that I believe were read for um, opening, um, opening thoughts, scripture reading. Jesus speaking here, he says, a disciple, by the way, the word disciple, just it means a follower. Somebody who follows after. A disciple is not above his teacher. Nor a slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he become like the teacher. And the slave like the master. If they have called the head of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign the members of his household? So the context, Jesus was saying, hey, if these... These guys who claim to be the leaders of Israel, they're supposed to be the religious authorities. If they call me, they say, I have a demon, they're going to say bad things about you too. Because if you're following after me, you're going to become like me. So we should want to be like him. Any of us who claim to be a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, when you give your life to him in baptism, that is your, that's the beginning of your life in Christ. As you follow him, you are a disciple of him. And he is, well, and the goal is to make you like the teacher. You are becoming, in the terms of uh, the, the, the Old Testament, the, the Jews at the time, Rabbi, he's our rabbi. He's our teacher. We want to be like him. So all who see Jesus will want to follow him and be like him. Now that can be, you understand, I hope, that when you see Jesus, you want to follow him, you want to be like him. I hope that kind of hits with everybody. I hope that you're just saying, yeah, that's true. I want to... I want to follow him. I want to be like him. Hope you'll also acknowledge, though, that that's a pretty intimidating thing, isn't it? 
to be like Jesus? Jesus at one point in time, he said, be, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Like, oh, uh, okay. You know, it kind of shrieked down. That's, I'm not so good at being perfect. The call to be like Jesus, that is a demanding call. And that's why we use the language, strive to be like Jesus. We know this is a hard and difficult task, isn't it? So that brings us to the next point that is very important for us to understand. And that is number three. After we, after we start with somebody who is seeking to know their creator and that person sees Jesus and wants to follow him and be like him, then we get to number three where it says, God works in us to make us like Jesus. So once you become a disciple, once you become a follower of Jesus by an immer- being immersed into him, that's when God works in us. He begins to work in us to make us like him. So I make this note here um, kind of as a reality check on the word strive. We do strive with God. We strive with him. Together we work with him so that he can make us like Jesus So let's just acknowledge what should be obvious, but we don't always get, is that we as Christians, we as human beings, I should say, we as people in the flesh, we have no ability to change ourselves into the image of Christ. We can't do it. We in the flesh will fail. But when we partner with God and come together with God, which is the whole point of baptism that spirit comes and resides in us when we partner with god then we're working with god and it's really god is the one who is at work in us and uh well let's get to these scriptures letter a says god begins a good work in us and will continue to work or perfect us until the day of christ jesus philippians chapter 1 Verse number 6, Philippians 1.6. And and notice the previous verse mentions your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. The first day. Everybody here had a first day. A day that when you came to Christ. I hope you had that. If If not, then today is the day that you can decide to do that. If you want God working in you, so that you can follow after Jesus and become like him. God wants to work in you. Today might be the first day for some of you. So, then verse 6, he says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. This idea that when you give your life to God, when you become his disciple... You start following after him. You say, I want to be like him. God starts working in you to make you like him. He who began a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. He will bring it to completion. On that final day of Christ, we're going to get down to a point. That's that's when the work is going to be completed. But the rest of our life, from the moment you are immersed into Christ and raised up to this new life, God is going to be at work in you, making you a little bit more and more constant work, constant improvement, more and more like 
Jesus, like the image of Christ. He began a good work in you, and he will continue that work. He will perform it until the day of Christ. Letter B says Jesus is the author and perfecter of faith. I like this one, this passage I thought of more so because of the idea of we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. So Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, a lot of good Christians, a lot of people of faith, we know them, they surround us, their witness speaks to us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance, anything that slows us down from being who we're supposed to be. Lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. And some add, the author and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We look to Jesus. We're reminded. We're reminded of him every Sunday. We look to him. We're constantly looking at Jesus, and we recognize him as the author and perfecter of faith. He's the one who begins faith. He is the one who brings it to completion. So there is hope for us. You know, we're not like Christ yet, but he who began a good work in you, he will perform it. Jesus Christ is the one who authored it. He is the pioneer of faith. He is the one who begins it. When we give our life to him, that's the start. And he will perform that work in us. So we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. When we see Jesus, we long to be like him. And we're going to let him work in us to transform our lives and change us into who we need to be. Letter C, the Holy Spirit will transform us into the image of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.18. This is the passage where I... uh, This this one, I think, is such a vital understanding for us, and it's so succinct. succinct. It's all, all put together, right, in this one verse. But the entire chapter is talking about, hey, in the Old Covenant... Moses used to go up on the, on the mountain or into the tabernacle. He'd speak to God. And you know what? He'd come out and the people would be like, Oh, Moses, you're shining too bright. He'd have to put a veil over his face. He'd been in the presence of God and he was shining bright. Literally, physically shining. Had to put a veil over his face. That's how amazing the old covenant was. How, how amazing God's relationship with Moses was but we've got something better. When Jesus came and died for us, we know God even better than Moses who was speaking to him face to face. So the new covenant is better. You want to really know God? You look to Jesus. That's what this passage is about. When you get to verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, but we all with unveiled face. So it's this, when we see Jesus, you can even think we got this table. I'm pointing at the table up here. We're reminded of the Son of God dying for us. That's where we know God. So we can see that. We, it's not veiled. We see Jesus. 
We know Jesus. Back to point two. All people who see Jesus, all who truly know him. And the gospel makes that clear, who God is. So back to 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. And this is one of those spots, I, I like the New International Version, where it says, when it's talking about we see the image of Christ, we are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory. That idea from glory to glory, it's ever-increasing glory. For all who would come to Christ, we're being changed. And we see it in each other. We see people becoming more and more like Christ. We have, we have new Christians in our number now that, that we're already seeing them being transformed and lifted up into the very image of Christ. That's a cool, wonderful thing. So how beautiful is that? And we re, we're reminded then that, we're hey, we're all still in that same process too. I'm not perfect yet. But God's still at work in me, making me a little better. A little better day by day, from glory to glory. And where does that come from? That verse says, just as from the Lord. NIV, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Spirit at work within. The Spirit that we received when we were, it's back, there's water back there somewhere, right? When we were immersed into Christ and raised to a new life, it was promised to us that we'd receive the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will transform us into the image of the Lord. So again, back to this point about us striving to be like Jesus. I want you to strive to be like Jesus, but I also want you to realize, hey, any, any progress that's being made, did it come from you? It's the Lord at work in us. It's us working together. We're striving with the Lord. He gets the credit. He gets all glory and honor. It's Him at work in us. Will we let Him work or not? That's where I think this the essence of Christianity, the essence of being a Christian, this, this is what it is. It's, it's looking to Jesus and it's saying, Jesus, I, I see you. I want to be like you. I know you're at work in my life. I'm going to get out of your way. I'm going to quit doing the, the sinful things that I do, the selfish things that I do. I'm going to fix my, lay aside every encumbrance, right, the Hebrews passage, and every sin that so easily besets us and fix our eyes on Jesus. That's what we do. Fix your eyes on Him. See Him. Keep seeing Him. Keep longing for Him. Keep wanting to be like Him. And He, if you stay out of His way, He's going to, he's going to work with you. He's going to work on you. He's going to change you. And we're going to talk more specifically next week about how we kind of work with Him. Because it feels like us doing it a lot of time. That's for sure. It's like, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It, it's, it's us doing things, but the essence is that I really can't do anything. I have to submit to God and let Him work in me. Keep that in mind. All right, so the Holy Spirit transforms us. And then letter D says this transformation is, I say little by little, I'm, 
you know, that's not specifically the language of the verse. It's from glory to glory. But we see how there are, actually, you know, and I've thought about this as I've done the outline too. There are some times I think we take great leaps in faith. And something comes along and maybe through some difficulty that is overcome, you know, maybe, and and certainly at our baptism, you know, there's this great change in our life. You know, so sometimes big things happen. But over the life of a person being changed in the image of Christ, it's, it's just this mindset of it's little by little. Just like anything we do, if we want to do something great, great things don't happen all at once. Not typically. With God, sometimes they can. But it's little by little. That's why that Hebrews passage and why these other passages that are there that Hebrews talked about, let us run with endurance the race set before us. It's hard. It's step by step. It's day by day. It's little by little. But we keep going and it's hard and it feels hard. But God's with us. He's promised to be in us and work on us and change us and transform us into the very image of Christ Jesus, the one that we see every Sunday, hopefully the one that we see in our lives and in the good book every day. Think on him. Fix your eyes on him. Transformation is there. Trust him. All right. And then, to the, to the end of this lesson, go to John, 1 John, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter uh, 3. And any time I've preached on, sec, I've used 2 Corinthians 3.18 in a lot, of, a lot of sermons. It's one of my favorite ideas, passages that's God in work in you, changing you into the image of Christ Jesus. I always follow it up with 1 John 3, 2. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. So the question comes on that final day when Jesus descends on the clouds and we look, every eye looks up into heaven and we see him. What will we see? Who will we see? We know it's Jesus. We will see him. We got no idea what that will be like. It's just, it's saying that what we will be, it's, it's not appeared yet. He hasn't appeared yet. We don't know what Jesus looks like. We don't know his power and glory. We've got ideas. We've got a picture in our mind. We know how much he loves us. We know a lot about him. There's a lot of questions. What will we be like in heaven? This verse is the one that I think is most straightforward with it. And it says, we don't know what this is. I don't know what we'll be like in heaven. The writer of 1 John, he says, we're children of God now, we all know that, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. But we know this. When he appears, when we look up at him, we see his shining face in that In that moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed. To quote from uh, 1 Thessalonians, we'll be changed. We're going to be changed into his image. Somehow in his likeness. And I don't know exactly what all that means. I don't know what power we'll have. 
I don't, but it says we're going to be like him. So uh, you got the beginning on the day you're immersed and raised up to Christ, and Christ comes in you and resides in you. His spirit is alive and at work in you. And he begins a work in you from day to day as long as you submit and don't push God away. He's at work in your life. And then someday when he comes back, that work is going to be completed. He who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. On the day of Christ, it's going to get finished. So on the day of Christ Jesus, Christians will be changed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. I don't know exactly what that means, what the picture will be like. We can't imagine. It's probably better. Just go ahead and imagine the best thing you can about what you'll be like, and then it's probably going to be better. Because we can't imagine how good it'll be. But God's faithful to his work. And the essence of this lesson, and next week we're going to have practical ways of what this, how we submit to God. You know, this is the first piece is, you see Jesus, you're following after him, that means you're submitting. You're picking up your cross daily, following after him. What does that look like? We're going to look at the specifics. But this sermon gives the first, um, the necessary background, it's, it, and it's an understanding that God's at work in you, and he's got a goal. He wants to make you a Christian like Christ. Christian means like Christ or little Christ, right? That's his work. God wants to do that for you. Come back next week and we're going to look at how that can happen. But if there's anybody out there today and you don't have that work going on in your life, you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, today's the day that you can say yes to Jesus. You know that there is nobody who loves you more than Jesus because no one else has given their life for you, taking your sins, your guilt, your punishment when he went to that cross. Nobody else has done that for you because nobody else can. Jesus loves you more. He loves you the most. Trust him and give him your life. Be immersed in Jesus Christ. Let him begin a good work in you, and he will perform that work until that wonderful day. This, uh, this song of encouragement is, is really fitting. It's just encourage you to come nearer to Christ. If anybody needs to come nearer today, won't you please come as we stand together and sing.